You're listening to Derek McCutcheon's Rebellious Jukebox. On Cam Glen Radio. There is no man, there is no smile. A life down here is not worthwhile. Stars talked of destinations near and far. We stand together for all time. Now I, the second hand, will I'm ours behind.
Good evening and welcome to Rebellious Jukebox here in Cam Glen Radio on 107.9 FM with me, Derek McCutcheon, with you as usual on a Monday night through to 10 o'clock. What's coming up in the show tonight? Well, McCall from Constant Followers in here, he's going to play live for us tonight and I know there's an album in the works as well, so we're going to get the chance to ask about that and obviously get some songs live in the studio here. And I did see him a couple of weeks doing his, his solo stuff through in Stirling and it was pretty cool as well, so I'm looking forward to that. We kicked off the show there with King Creosote and that was Please Come Back, I Will Listen, I Will Behave, I Will Toe the Line. And here's a Mull Historical Society. In fact, no, it's not. It is going to be... Yes, it is going to be the Mull Historical Society. That's what it's going to be. You, you, you You're determined to be a woman All the fun, fun, fun It keeps me going But then you know it You won You won You won Yeah, me, me, me I'm determined to be a loser
Derek McCutcheon on Cam Glen Radio. was Fair Mothers there with Happy and before that was the Mall Historical Society whom I've seen recently up on and more with I Tried now I, I caught the end of the last show, the Gig Brothers show with Nicole and Dan and they played a track from Lady Jesus and I've been bigging up Lady Jesus as well because they have a gig tomorrow at the Classic Grand and I'll be getting myself along to that so here's another track from Lady Jesus, this is Big Fat Summer <laughs>
Gambling Radio, 107.9 FM, your voice, your music, and your station. Where we sat around watching the Prime Minister on the television Oh, she talked of you and me and this big society of common dreams Oh, the red, white and blue propaganda spews anew from politicians This temporary pride and feeling British is not quite what it seems There's homeless people dying in the shadows of Big Ben Passively listening as they promise you the same old things again Selling England by the pound, but can you spare the change? How can you spell dignity in numbers? Historically filling out another nameless form Waiting on the telephone for someone in Bombay to put you through Well, this government has deemed that our sense of decency is up for sale For fifty pounds a week we show subservience, adherence to a man They talk to us like children, second class and disillusioned, cold and pale In a new world, speak laden with jargon that no one understands 
Round the block for food banks, crawling on all fours. I'll spit shine a policeman's boots, so desperate for some more. Waiting for the new dawn that was promised. Morning never comes. How can you see the light when the meat has been cut off? Expected to be grateful for a kick square in the guts. They make you think of better times all the while announcing further cuts. That was Louis Rive there with a bit of a political one in the shadows of Big Ben. Now I'm pleased to welcome a call from Constant Follow at Cam Glen Radio. Welcome. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure and I think we've been trying to, well, we've been meaning to do this for a while so I've eventually yeah, sorted it. Uh, I did get to see you last week through in Stirling as well, which was pretty cool. That's right, yeah. What I didn't realise at the time was, and you mentioned yourself, was this the first time you've done the kind of solo thing? Yeah, yeah, it was the first. Well, that was, yeah, that was the first time really that I'd done it properly, yeah. And yeah. it was good, wasn't it? It was a good night. Was it? Was yeah, it? no, it was, it was good. That, yeah, I think you enjoyed right. it yourself. I saw that. Obviously, you, yeah. you know, you've got samples and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it did seem to go really well. Yeah, it's a kind of, it's a bit of a learning curve because I'm trying to, when I when I wrote the songs, I didn't intend them to be stripped back. You know, I was writing mm. them. I, I write them on the acoustic guitar, of course, but the song isn't finished in my mind until I'm in the studio and I've added all the things. So, the the proposal of doing it on my own was a little bit daunting because I was just trying to recreate the vibe of the songs, you know, without losing too much. So that's why I'm using some samples. And the normal setup then, what would that be? Normal setup is uh, electric. Me on acoustic and uh, samples, um, electric guitar, bass guitar, and backing vocals and keys. So it's like a full band normally. And you have a fixed band, or do you get people into the assist when you're creating stuff? It's a fixed band, yeah, it's yeah. a fixed band, yeah. And the band, we, we get together all the time to rehearse, you know, it's, it's yeah. Should we introduce them? We probably should. I have this terrible, terrible fear of forgetting people's names, even though I know them, like the back of my hand, you know. But, so... Uh, yeah. Tell us who the band is then. All right, we've got Fiona McKenzie on uh, back vocals and hopefully some other stuff soon. Fiona just joined it not that long ago. Well, God, it must be about a year ago now. Anyway. Gareth Perry on keys. 
Um, David Guild on bass and Andrew Pankhurst, otherwise known as Curd, on electric guitar. And Curd is really my kind of other half, you know. Um, he's the first person that the songs go to when I've finished them on acoustic guitar. He takes them and adds some magic. And was it Fiona that performed with you last week? It was, yeah. And that was really nice as well. Yeah, Fiona's Fiona, she has this incredible voice. See, the, the recording's up to date. It's two female singers that are on all the recordings. So there's my partner, Kathleen Stosh, uh-huh. um, and Amy Campbell. And Amy's voice is so airy and full of air, and Kathleen's voice is so sort of earthy, you know? And the two of them go together and ruin my voice beautifully. But Fiona's voice kind of sits somewhere right between the two of them, so it works pretty good um, for the live stuff. Now, I had a look back, and we did chat back in July 2020. Whoa. I don't know, was that the deepest of lockdown times? I God don't know. Um, but they had released a single at the time. Um, what was the single? Set Aside Some Time. Yeah. And it was subsequently subsequently on the album. That's right. 2021. Yeah. How, how was, obviously you released an album in 2021. How was that for a kickoff? That was that was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to. Well, I mean, you've really got to tour the album, haven't you? But yeah. um, we were very lucky with it, and it got amazing reviews. People kind of caught on to it, even though we weren't touring, and it ended up getting all those awards and stuff like that. You know, so we were very very lucky, and it was really just um, kind of testament to the work that all the collaborators put in. You know, oh. um, so I was really happy about that. And yeah, the the single that you played first. That was what kind of kicked it all off, you know, set aside some time. So I recorded it with Johnny Smiley at, um, I forget the name. La Chunky. Yep, La Chunky in Glasgow. And um, then we put it out ourselves. And Kramer, who's this big producer in America, um, has the label Shimmy Disc. He's had everyone from Lowe, Daniel Johnson, all those kind of people on it. He happened to hear it and sent, well, first of all, called me, left a message, and then sent me an email. Um, and I just didn't believe it was really him, and because I've got all these shimmy disc records on my on my yeah. shelf at the time, didn't believe it was him, so I just kind of ignored it. And eventually got in touch, and yeah, um, we signed. So it was a happy ending. <laughs> and, and, and 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 I'm not saying the darkest at times, but in times where it's difficult to be creative, mm. I guess. Yeah, for some people. Now, uh, you're going to play live for us, which is always a great thing as well. And there's always a ch- to chat about the music and what goes on behind it as well. It's pretty good as well. But So why don't we get a song just now? Okay. What are you going to do for us first? I'm going to do your happy birthdays. Right. Whenever you're ready.
Rock. Samples, is that something you've always done? Yeah, I've always there's always there's always the urge to make the live performance more like the record, mm. you know, but still keep it alive and moving and, and enable the band to sort of ebb and flow, you know. Um so it's it's great consternation in the studio as we're trying to get that all right. Yeah. And is it difficult because I mean as a as a performer playing the guitar, particularly quite intricate music rather than chords or that, I guess, and singing is a lot of things to be doing at one time, but you're obviously keeping an eye on what you're doing with samples and stuff as well. It's a lot of stuff to be doing at yeah. one time, and it does go wrong, and it goes wrong all the time, but I just keep remembering <clears throat> Neil Young's words to, to his band, he's saying to them, it doesn't matter if you make mistakes, just stay in it and be emotional, you know? And I kind of think that that's a good way to a good thing to live by because really music isn't about the perfection as it is it's about these mistakes and most of my favourite bits in my records are mistakes that I made yeah. and kept and when people come in here and do radio stuff and people get a bit panicky about making mistakes and I always think it's real yeah, if you yeah. make a mistake it's real totally it's real and it shows it shows the audience that what you're doing up there is real totally mm. yeah. we mentioned the Creative Sterling gig which was last week tell us about Creative Sterling because obviously it was a fundraiser to try and help them so Creative Stirling are this amazing arts organisation uh, located in the heart of Stirling in King Street. They took over an old, they've, went, they've been in various premises and they took over the latest one, they took over this old department store, Wilkie's department store. So they've got a, a few different floors, yeah. um, little um, sort of studios for artists. We're going to have our studio up in the attic of the building, but there's studios for um, visual artists and um Musicians, all sorts of different things going on, but they also have they're a sort of hub for the arts. They have um, music classes, art classes, you know, animation classes for children. They're really connected with LGBTQ plus um, community, and it's just this amazing hub right in the centre of Stirling. But recently they had their funding cut, so um, we've been doing what we can to try and um, just help out a little bit, you know. That was the fundraiser gig raised a bit of money for them. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they've, yeah, just, it's really about raise, uh, 
making a making a lot of noise about it so that people understand that they're going to lose this and people don't really know what they've lost mm. until they lose it you know what they've got until they lose it and i know my wife and i whenever we go through to start the move out visit the shop as well yeah. as you said there's a lot of artists displaying their goods uh, really? in that ground floor it's, as well it's the best gift shop in scotland i think it's just got yeah, yeah you're, you're right and and still in itself it's good it's, it's a lovely place and so many independent mm -hmm. independent retailers and different yeah. things and you've got to support these things because it's tough times just now isn't it absolutely absolutely we've got i mean we've got this amazing record shop europa yeah uh, run by you and who you probably know is a total legend you know and places like that they are the heart of the community the heart of the music community you know that's where people kind of meet each other talk mm. about music it's great so i think we've got to protect these we've got to shop local if we can you know and yeah You've, you've got a new album in the box, which we'll talk about. Um, and you obviously said about signing the record label, and I guess they're supporting you through that. But time for another song. Can you do that? Yeah, sure. What's next then? Let's do Weaver the World. Right. <laughs> In this work, a tree of things And everything in its right place Everything else is chaos Invisible hand in time and space Invisible smile again tell us about that one it's short <laughs> <laughs> uh, i missed the that's one where you know it's got that kind of um 
that section that doesn't have singing on it, you know, I yeah. really miss the band there. In my head, I'm just hearing all the Cod's electric guitar solos, you know, and Dave's wee bass bits and all that gas piano. When you were creating your set list for your solo, because you've done a wee run of gigs there, haven't you? Solo. Yeah. Was that a difficult thing or was it easy? It was pretty difficult because there's some, there's some songs that, for example, the backing vocals are just absolutely part of it, you know? Oh. And when I stripped it back, I just couldn't play it. I just didn't enjoy playing it. And I felt like I wasn't doing the song justice. So, yeah, there's some that I love that have been lost because of that. But but and, but also in a good way, there's some that have been resurrected that we never play live, uh-huh. that I'm now enjoying playing live, you know. So um, it's kind of went both ways. Like the next song I'm going to play, One Word Away, that, we never play that live. Um, and I don't know why, but we just don't. So I guess... Uh, um creating a set list as a whole science in its, itself and I, I guess that you know if you're touring for an album whatever you, you have a core set list and then just work around about that yeah totally I think we, we like to we like to have a set list but we like it to be fairly fluid as well because mm. in the moment you just know a song's maybe not it's not the right time and the band would much prefer that we just had a set set list you know but to me, it just feels a bit more organic to throw a different song in every now and again. It kind of keeps people on their toes in a nice way as well. Yeah, of course. Now, I probably asked you this back when we spoke before, but Constant Followers as a name? Yeah. Uh, so, well, there's, I mean, there's an honest one, an honest version. I guess the idea of it is that it's kind of... The constant, all those things in life that, good or bad, that have happened to us that make us who we are, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, the rings on a tree, and um, for me it was it was really um, addiction that was a problem for me, you know. Mm. That's just followed me, and although I'm um, sober now, it's still there, you know, and it's made me. It's been a really good thing for me. It's made me who I am, um, and it's. Uh, Did you have music at the? the those darker times, did you have music then? Yeah, I had music then. Actually, I was talking about that last night. There was a period where I would only listen to Brian Eno music for airports for about a year or something mm. like that. And now I can't listen to it because it just sort of transports me back to, yeah. to then, you know. But it's amazing we were talking about, really we were talking about the power that music has, you know, the power that it has to lock in a memory or to, to create new feeling. Something you've never heard before might just make your day or potentially ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> And constant follower as you know an entity. When, mm. when did that first come together? I think that was about five years ago. Um, I mean, I, I did, I did one solo show. Um, that was the first show that constant follower ever did, and that's when I, I got my songs together and got arrangements, and I decided to play it live. So I booked a gig with Bridget Maypower. I booked her to come to Stirling and play at the Tolbooth. Mm. Uh, then Gareth Dixon supporting and me opening, and. I went up and I had a complete out-of-body experience, a nervous breakdown of sorts, and swore I would never do a solo ever again. <laughs> so, yeah. But now, I mean, I've been playing live for, what, those five years now with the band. So now it's, it feels a lot better for me, you know. And before that, were you, doing, you know, was performance a thing for you? Not at all, no. Not before that. Before that, I was in social work and... Yeah, just kind of trying to survive, trying to keep my head above water, you know. And did you have a guitar then, and were you writing songs? I didn't have a guitar, and I wasn't writing songs. What happened was, it took me, well, going way back, um, I had a guitar, I was a musician when I was in 15, 16, 17, something mm. like that. 
and I got I was attacked and had terrible head injuries after it, so it meant that I couldn't play for a long, a very long time. And um, yeah, I sort of actually I've got all of this. I've got this guy called Craig Clark who I was living with um, to thank. He used to get these weird things from charity shops and stuff like that. And one day he brought me back a guitar and it was just like a kind of wee cheapy guitar. You know, he says, and he says to me, you should be playing that. So that's kind of what started it all again. And are you self-taught then? Completely. No, that, well, I say completely self-taught, but there was a guy who taught me before I had the head injury. He gave me something like 10 lessons, this old uh, dr drunk guy in Glasgow. And it was brown. It had this front room with a big bay window that was completely full of plants to the point oh. where it was just he and I and no space for anything else in there. It was amazing. But he, he wrote down all these exercises for me that were just kind of like warm-ups and practices. So after when I came back to it, I managed to find them um, and amongst my stuff. And uh, that's kind of what I, I still do that to warm up every time that I'm going to play guitar. So self-taught apart from those 10 lessons or so that I can't remember. We'll come back and talk about your songwriting and that as well. Yep. And um, an exhibition that we went to through to in, in Stirling as a family as well, which is oh, yeah. during COVID times, but we can chat about that. Mm -hmm. But you do something else for us? Yep, I'll do one word away. Right, maybe you're ready. Stand alone 
Thanks again. I, mean, I mentioned the event at the, the toll booth in Stirling, so um, how did that come about? This, the exhibition thing? Yeah. Um, so, one, uh, one of my main interests, right, is in working with uh, local artists, especially on videos and stuff like that. So when, when I came to make the videos for the album, I just went on this massive hunt in Stirling to try and find people that were doing interesting stuff. And, of course, there's the uni and there's the college in Stirling, mm -hmm. and they both have these sort of creative arts departments. However, they weren't very much help. Again, back to Creative Stirling. They knew everybody. So Creative Stirling and Scene Stirling as well, who are another arts organisation in Stirling, they, they actually gave us some funding for the videos. They helped me find different artists, different filmmakers, different uh, stop-motion animators, and by the end of it, I had, for the 10-song album, had 11 really nice videos made in Stirling. So, or in the surrounding sort of area. Um, so I, yeah, the, the, the funders, Scene Stirling and Creative Stirling, Tollbooth, they were just really excited to kind of show show off this lovely work that had been mm. made by all these artists. And there was artwork as well, wasn't there? That's right, there was artwork by... Oh, well, there was artwork by um, this amazing American artist. I mean, I can't say I got it in Stirling, but um, Shona Hong, uh, she's doing this really... Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but, um, yeah, it was be beautiful artwork that I'd fallen in love with some years before. And that was all based around uh, neither if nor ever was. The, yeah. the, then is that your debut album? That's the debut album, neither is nor ever was, yeah. And it was um, actually another thing that Tobooth, that was part of the sort of Tobooth exhibition, they commissioned us to make this film. And the idea behind the film was about um, creative communities, you know. So the film just really was um, a monologue of me talking about um, the creative community that formed around that album. So talking about every creative community has a nucleus, and this one just happened to be my album, you know. So, And we're still friends with all the people that were involved. So, yes. Yeah, and we're doing stuff together for and for other things, so it's worked really nicely. And something like that, then who, who creates that? Do, would that be yourself, or is it a collaboration? Or I, I guess I have the final say. But the way that I like to work is, I like to just find an artist whose work really excites me, uh -huh. and then say to them, "Here's the music. Please respond." and just you know, let them go on with it, you know? And I can only think of one thing that I wanted changed in one of the films, and it was just to make it a wee bit better, you know, just the ending to make it a wee bit better. Everything else that the artist done was completely their own interpretation, and somehow that works. If you trust if you trust someone's art and you think they're doing something amazing, then why get in the way of it and tell them what to do? So that's just how I've done all the videos so far. And I was thinking more about the kind of physical setup of the exhibition and that itself. Was did you have a fair hand in that? Well, I, asked, I stuck some of the pictures up on the walls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I guess that's something for posterity as well. You know, to say that you've had that exhibition through in Stirling totally, totally. and you're so connected to Stirling, which is obvious. Yeah, I, I have a deep, deep love for Stirling. I really want to see it do well. And, um, uh, yeah, the really for me, it was like. It's quite a hard thing to do because I have a problem feeling proud of myself or feeling proud of the work that I've done. So for me, it's very, it's much easier to um, direct the pride onto all the collaborators and the artists that I've worked yeah. with, you know, and really focus on them. And actually, something that came of it that's that's just happening right now is seeing Sterling 
Um, what we realised was that we didn't have a directory of artists in Stirling. You know, there was no way for artists just to get in touch with each other without going through a scene Stirling. So they've just recently commissioned this website that is going to build this network and it's, it's got about 50 people on it. It's only been going a week or so and it's got about 50 people on it. It's just growing every day. And everywhere has these communities as well. We should all be thinking the same thing. We should be, and it should all be. Nowadays, we've got the technology to link it all together, you know, mm. and it should be easy enough for me. I need a stop-motion animator to make this music video. And it should be all the folk that are working in that should come up on the screen, but it's not that easy. Yeah, and that, that obviously that person who's an artist is what to be creative and express themselves as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Another song? Yep, so this one is going to be... Um, <clears throat> I can't wake you. Right, maybe you're ready again.
Thank you very much again. We probably spoke before when we chatted about your songwriting then, but what do you find yourself writing about? It's not all personal stuff, is it? It's, um... So, I don't ever sit down to write with intention. Mm. Um, I just sit down and play about in the guitar or whatever, and then words begin to come and I just kind of put those words together I don't ever write well I've got this book that I write down various things in and sometimes there'll be a wee phrase that starts a song or something and then the song will develop from that but I'm always in the position where after I've written a song I'm sitting trying to work out what it's about and I think that that's that might seem a daft way to do it or a crazy way to do it but that's I don't know to me it just feels like the purest version of what I could do rather than trying to um, sit down and write a poem and then put that to music, you know. That's just not how it works for me. And is it music first or is it lyrics? It's all at the same time. Right. Yeah. And do you set aside time for it or do you have ideas coming to you all the time? I have ideas coming a lot of the time, but um, I read that book, you know, you probably read it, The War of Art, mm. and uh, that sort of changed the way I think about it. So now I think about it more like a job, you know, like turn up and just be there ready for it to come. And that seems to work the best. And it works even better because I've got three young children. Um, so it means that I can be a dad, be a dad, be a dad, and then go away and be a musician for like a chunk of time yeah. and do it all in that time. So in the past, I would have been horrible place. <laughs> I know, too many plates, yeah. But it works. And you, you released an album last year as well, Eden Days Dissolve. That's right. And you're working on another album. Is songwriting easy for you? Are you prolific or does it need that bit of work? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm prolific, but I don't have any cast-offs, you know, like oh. that a lot of musicians seem to have. There seems to be some sort of self regulating process quite early on where I realise whether or not it's worth pursuing a certain song and I just stop or I'm not sure quite what happens but I managed to turn most of the ideas I have into half my song that I'm um, satisfied with. 
So, yeah. And you're working on the album just now, aren't you? We've got an album completely finished. Is it finished? At the moment, it's been shopped around labels. Right. Yeah. Does it have a title? It's called The Smile You Send Out Returns to You. Right. And um, what's timelines? Have you got anything? It's coming out in October. Right, October. So you start, I think the first single's coming out in June. And the writing for that one, was it that after the, the last album, or does it cover a bit more than that? The writing for it? Yeah. Um, the writing for it started before the last album was finished, and a couple of songs were written around about the time of the first songs were written. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things that we developed there that turned out to be some of the kind of standout tracks. And then the rest of it was written. I was given money by Creative Scotland um, to go on a writing retreat right at the end of uh, COVID. It was seen as permissible for me to go to a holiday let on my own and go and sit in there and write some songs. So that's what I did then. Um, yeah, the other eight songs or so for the album, they were all written there at the, over a period of three or four weeks. And I see nature in your songs as well. Is that would that be correct? Yeah, well, I'm heavily inspired by nature. I'm, I get out in as much as I possibly can. My original um, plan for a career was was to be a horticulturist, oh. um, and it was it was about three weeks after I was down in air at, at Auchincroft Agricultural College. Um, visiting the course to sign up pretty much and then three weeks later I got attacked and then my whole life changed at that point you know um so yeah I'm deeply interested in nature spent a long time on the west coast during my recovery um where my parents live and cow just spending loads of time on the beaches with the sideways rain and all of that and actually a lot of songs come to me see when I'm huddled up with my hood around me and the wind beating me that you can't even hear um so that seems to be like a great inspiration to me and I'll I'll get some words in my head or some mm. little bits and bobs of music. I, the, the people I speak to, they, they, they live rural or from the islands and all that, you know, definitely nature seems to always be somewhere than the songwriting. Yeah, I think you hear it most in, well, I hope you hear it most in the space in my songs. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a theoretical thing going on there, isn't there? Yeah, that's what someone said, um, a Polish reviewer, called it the Scottish Expanse with my music and I thought that that fits so well you know because for me that I guess that subconsciously is what I'm trying to recreate spend so much time out in nature with the birds around me and those big gaps of um, quiet you know that mm. maybe some of that f finds its way into my music Time for another song? Go for it this is um, Watching the Black River Run from my collaboration with Scott William Market. Right have you already? Dark circles your throne Perfect cycle in the moment
Thank you very much again. Now, you've just completed, am I right in saying that, this run of solo gigs? Yeah, yeah, that's just completed. But you've got some other gigs lined up. Yeah, so I'm heading over to the USA next week. Um, and I'm doing a bunch of gigs over there for South by Southwest Festival. Right. So they've been kind enough to have his back again. It's the third year in a row. And it's just, it's a, sort of supposed to be an industry-facing kind of, fest, the biggest industry-facing music festival of its type, you know. But um, actually, the th- the best thing about it is these afternoon parties and gigs every, gigs in toilets, gigs everywhere that they yeah. could put, possibly put a gig on. They've got one on there, hotel lobbies, all that sort of stuff, you know. They seem like the Scots, I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but it certainly seems to, you know, a lot of Scottish bands do get involved with the South by Southwest Festival. They do, and I, I was noticing that, the, I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I was noticing that there's a great hoo-ha about, why is there so many Scots going and not that many Welsh going, you know? So right. I don't know, but maybe, yeah, maybe the bookers can answer that one. Yeah. Maybe answers itself, or who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah, so you'll be looking forward to that. I guess is a networking thing as well. Yeah, that's so. Help musicians um, who are a charity focused on helping musicians. They've sort of they've funded my uh, wristband to go and do the networking side of things because oh. they know how important it is, and they know it's a, it's a massive cost. You know that musicians at my level can't afford. But the benefits of going in there and just putting yourself forward and getting up and talk to people. Um, that some some of the best things that have happened so far for me have just been me brass necking it, getting up to somebody at a conference and introducing myself. You know, so that's what I'm going to be doing, getting into that mode, and also playing a bunch of bunch of house shows for uh, quite unusual people over there as well. And then we're doing get away up to um, Seattle for some gigs and Salt Lake City for some gigs as well. So it should be good. I guess when you pull it apart, that's all what it's about anyway. Yeah. It is, I guess. <laughs> and I mean, in your evening, but like you, you said you were doing a couple of songs for us, so what's what's the next one? The next song is What's Left to Say. Right, whenever you're ready for that one. Okay. okay. Already 
It's okay just to sit and be Again, now the the South by Southwest thing is that as a, as a solo act. Yeah, it's all solo. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at you've got some gigs in, in May. Is that the full band? Yeah, they're the full band. So we're playing um, we're playing Cotiers in Glasgow um, on the oh goodness me, I should have that. If, but we're playing Cotiers in Glasgow. I think on the ninth. I think on the tenth. It might be the Tolbooth in Stirling. Eleventh, uh, Summerhall in Edinburgh, and twelfth. Somewhere else. I I have got here. I've oh, looked right. at it. Whatever you've uh, got is right. Whatever I just said is wrong. Right. Thursday the 9th of May at the Tollbooth in Stirling. Okay. Uh, Friday the 10th, Freck Fest presents oh, yeah, okay. at the Harbour's Arts Centre. Yeah. And Sunday the 12th, Summer Hall presents. But it doesn't show the Cotters one on this. Yeah, that's still being confirmed, but that'll be right. the, in that gap. Yeah. And socials and that, just to keep an eye on what you're up to. And, sure. And, where to go, so where should we be looking? Yeah, well, I mean, you can get to everything from constantfollower.com, but um, we are um, on Instagram, it's at constantfollower, Twitter, at constantfollower, without the E at the end, and Facebook, constantfollower. Constant I, thought follower you're going to say, I thought you were going to say TikTok there as well. No, I t- <laughs> do you know, I tried TikTok, I, 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 I had my experience of TikTok, and yeah, I don't think I should be encouraging that, so... Yeah, yeah. A, a young man's sport. As a, I don't know, you need some dances or something like that if you're on TikTok. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I've got to thank you for coming in and doing this for us, you know, and it's it's great to, to get another chat as well and a catch-up, and uh, it was great to catch you live um, last week, and I look forward to maybe in May catching the, the full band as well. And, and good luck with the South by Southwest, and I hope you get speaking to all the right people. Thank you. And the album, get that all sorted as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more track for us. I'll give you one more track, yeah. I'll give you um, The Merry Dancers on TV. Right.
Thank you very much for indulging us. Thanks very much. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And um, look forward to hearing the new album. Fantastic, thank you. I'm going to stick on Adam Bell, Randolph's Leaf. So Adam played at the gig last week, didn't he? That's right, he did. And he's, he's a great guy and he's, he's funny as well. Isn't absolutely, he? The songs. absolutely. He had the audience in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> so here's Randolph's Leap and this is Lungs. From Cathkin to Camus Lang from Rutherglen to Halfway and across the southeast of Glasgow. This is Camwin Radio. 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music. Your station.
listening to Derek McCutcheon's Rebellious Jukebox on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM.
That was Catherine Joseph there with Keeping You Alive and that was the Loman Campbell remix. And before that was Salka with Weekend and then of course Randolph Sleep with Lungs. Up next is uh, Finn Ray uh, showcasing their album, playing some tracks, played a couple last week. And here's the title track, this is Heart of Ra. Sunrise is on McCutcheon on Cam Glen Radio.
listening to Rebellious Jukebox with Derek McCutcheon on Camland Radio 107.9.
There you go there, that's Becky Sacasa, that's from our daytime playlist. Becky's on there with her new single, Crashing and Falling. And before that was Bunkhouse with Kia, and of course Heart of Ra, which is the title track from the new Finray album. And if I can squeeze another track in from the album, I'll do so before the end of the night, although it's getting close to that time. Here's Gates of Light, and this is Make It Real.
there that was live here at Cam Glen Radio and that was Dundee and I hope you caught uh, a call earlier in the show Constant Faller and his life set which is pretty cool now here's another track from the Finray album 
This is called The Fleet, and yes, it is about the gang. And we'll close the show right after that with the Garlands and Know Your Religion, although I'm running out of time, but here you are.
pretending you're glad to be alive The man that you were and the lines that you blur and cross Regular 